to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And boy, are we going to kick it up today a bit. But, you know, I, I just want to stop for a minute before we bring on my first guest, Michael McGrath. And Michael's going to talk about this for a moment, a minute. Because, you know, his book is called Decide Better for a Better Life. Well... Hmm. I believe there are a few peeps that should maybe want to hire him. Let's start off with a couple of the top stories today in the media. Okay. I never talk about this, Benny. You know that, right? You're right. You don't. I don't. I'm, I'm pretty much apolitical, and I'm going to keep it apolitical. Sure. But I'm also like, what are we thinking about? <laughs> what are we thinking about? So, you know, the top of the news today is a story... Uh, about whether or not we should use women's breast milk for ice cream. <laughs> now, I walk in the studio today. We're going to talk about this. And I ca of course, oh, I'm at a totally right. different place because, first of all, I got a fabulous guest coming in into the studio today, Yvonne Oswald. And, and I've just about run out of gas on the 90. And so, you know, I've got the gas thing on my mind. And so I walk in today, and Benny's talking to me, and he says, he says, what do you think about, you know, Ben and Jerry's not wanting to use breast milk or something like that, you said. I said, what are you talking about, dude? Uh -huh. It's topic I, of I the said, day. What are you talking? And so we've got the news on, right? Mm -hmm. And they're talking about not using uh, cow's milk, but converting over to uh, breast milk. I guess that's what it, they're saying. I mean, I'm right. I'm, 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 PETA has submitted a request to one of the companies, well, and it's Ben and Jerry. Right. Uh, of course, know, it has to be Ben and Jerry's. Of course, Ben and Jerry's, right. It has to be, because if right. anybody was going to do it, it would be Ben and Jerry. Right. right. So this comes off from, actually, a, a, a news station, WPTZ.com, and so, you know, they're, they're saying that they want to reduce the amount, their, their, their act is, you know, what their plea is, you know, PETA wants to say, hey, use less cow milk and more breast milk, or at least that would be their solution to this. Right. You know, Ben and Jerry. I actually have another solution. Okay, well, we'll listen to that, and in okay. just a hot second, but Ben and Jerry have politely, you know, returned saying, "Hey, you know, we're looking for, of course, alternatives, and yeah. we applaud, you know, Peta's approach to bringing this as up to us as an issue. Uh, but we believe a mother's milk is best used for her child," said a spokesman for Ben and Jerry's. Which, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's their their take on it. This obviously comes from a Swiss restaurant owner who is beginning to purchase breast milk from nursing mothers and substituting breast milk for seventy five percent of which the cow's milk is responsible for. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Pete is taking this, and they're kind of running with it. And you said Swiss? Uh, Swiss restaurant So owner. is that going to be like in our chocolate now, the yeah. Swiss chocolate? Wow. Uh, you know? And I, I actually, I, first of all, let me commend anybody that's yeah. out there sure. that's thinking out of the box. I mean, it's clearly oh, thinking yeah. out of the box. Mm -hmm. And, boy, I can't wait to talk to Michael mm -hmm. about this today. Decide better. Yeah, like he's saying, what box are you talking about? But thinking outside of the box for a minute. And, and yeah. Okay. If you break that down in terms of is this a good decision or not a good decision, how do you even start? Well, you know, Michael and I are going to talk about the top 10 destructive behaviors. And, you know, every one of us, without exception, we could all make better decisions. But what are those decisions? I'll tell you a decision that I am a little bit... Uh, 
what's the word that I want to use, Benny? I, I'm, a, I'm stunned. I'm actually shocked. Perturbed? I, I don't know if I'm quite perturbed yet, but I probably will be. <laughs> But I heard something yesterday that I actually couldn't believe, and, I've, and I haven't really gotten anyone to confirm it. But here we are with the, the whole bailout crisis, and, and you know, there are, num- there are more numbers being thrown around here uh, than you find just about in, anywhere. There are more digits being thrown around than you have in your computer. But the one thing that I heard... And, and I have to ask Michael about this. My show is apolitical. But I will say this. Somebody tell me, if you can, why two senators, right, from the red state, the blue state, the green, I don't know what state, Democrat, why these two people are not going to be in Washington for the vote on the bailout bill. Now, I'm not a politician. I don't even talk eloquently about this. But I don't understand the decision-making around this. Well, Michael McGrath is joining me here today. His book is called Decide Better. You know, his passion is about decide better. Improve your life through better decisions. And I bet Michael would say, keeping this apolitical, I bet he would say the first one to get in there to vote wins the prize the i'll tell you you don't really need a high iq to figure this out you know but michael has been doing this for quite some time let me share a little bit of information uh, about him you know first of all uh all of us want to know how to make better decisions i don't care what it is whether you're deciding to use breast milk or you're deciding to use regular milk uh in regular milk hopefully without hormones and a bunch of other things but part of this is to understand what decision-making is about, what indecision does, whether it truly is a deal or no deal, wh- how procrastination fits in, and, you know, how do we end up in a mess, in buyer's remorse, and much more. He's the creator, Michael McGrath is, the creator of uh, Decide Better and the author of the, uh, of the book that I have in front of me, Decide Better. And by the way, we've got copies of this to give out. He's an experienced consultant, executive entrepreneur, author, father who has studied and applied decision-making for more than 25 years. Dude, talk about focus. Now, he's also created the PACE process. So here he is, the author of five books prior to this one. And, you know, he has no, is known, he's known for his reputation as a strong decision maker. Right now, today, we are making some of the most important decisions of our lives. I've got a few of these on the table for myself. And, Michael, I got to say, you must be a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. <laughs> Sometimes I am, I think. Sometimes I, I may scare people by forcing them to make better decisions. But uh, uh, I'm on a mission, Dr. Pat. I'm on a mission to help people make better decisions and improve their lives. Simple as that. And I love that you're doing that because, you know, the, I can think back in my life on some of the decisions that I've made. And, you know, I don't look back and say, you know, oh, my God, I'm traumatized over them. I, I just look back and say, what the heck was I thinking? But I pointed a couple things out today. And, I'll t- and, you know, and I've been reading your books. I'm a little bit more um, sensitive today. Let me call myself sensitive to certain things that I wouldn't otherwise be. I cannot imagine being a candidate for the presidency 
and having the power to vote on something uh, probably I, I don't know if there has been you know quite a bit of legislation quite as important as this one coming through and not being there to vote i mean is there some decision making advice you could give me on that it's, it's actually quite simple uh both of those candidates have as their their sole objective right now to get elected president and they're simply afraid to go and vote because whatever way they vote if they vote for the legislation depending how it turns out or against it uh they're going to be criticized and so they they're feeling that it's better to have an excuse and not given that that way they can be critical they can be critical of the legislation they can say it looks good but it didn't have this uh but if one of them votes for it then the other one's going to criticize them so they they're being risk averse right now and for them you know they're they're both looking at it i believe and saying the decision is i want to be president and you know that my responsibility as a senator is secondary and i'm just going to pass on this and and because it could be negative to me and that's probably what their advisors are telling them that's why they made that decision. And let's, I want to stay with this for a minute because I think it is really appropriate in terms of what we all go through. Um, but it's almost like to me that, you know, somehow in your decision making, even if you're thinking that, you've also got to be thinking um, we probably have lots of people in the United States that probably aren't going to pay any attention to this. And, you know, I, I'm one of these people, I rarely talk about politics on my show. I don't think I ever do. Uh, but this is not about politics for me. You know, this is about, as you say, decision making and, you know, decide better for a better life. I cannot imagine what people may be thinking about this. And don't you think that, and I want to ask you, see if my decision-making is, is kind of off on this, because this is where, you know, your expertise comes in. You know, I mean, for me, if I was in that position, I would make sure that I was there. And maybe in the back of my mind, it would be, I would be thinking to myself, you know, the American people are going to look at this. They're going to look at the action that I take because part of the action that I'm going to take is going to be a demonstration of whether or not they can count on me being there when I get elected. But I don't guess that fits into the decision model, does it? It, it may not. You know, they have their advisors, and they just don't want to. They don't want to lose. They don't. You know, so, but it would be interesting. You know, one of them could take a move and right at the last minute show up and and cast a vote and and then disparage the other for not having the, the guts to go and vote and do his job. Uh, but it's all a, it, for them. It's a political game. It's it's not really about doing their job, unfortunately. Uh, so, it would be interesting though. One of them could show up at the last minute, vote, and then criticize the other. It's about getting the upper hand and not being criticized. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about this because I, you know, Benny and I were, were kind of joking, not really joking. I mean, first of all, the issue about uh, milk, for example, it's a huge issue. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, we have known for years uh, the impact of milk that is either hormone fed cows or, uh, you know, pesticides and whatever they're eating. I mean, we could go on and talk about that. And there's a decision path along the way for that. But you have stepped up and have said, wait a minute. There is a way for us to go through decisions and to understand not only the psychology, but the methodology around this. And, you know, and I wanted to ask you personally, uh, Michael, I mean, this topic is, you know, just an amazing topic. Why has this become such an important, such a passion for you? But decisions really shape people's lives. And, 
you know, as you look around the country today, the world today, you see a lot of people struggling, uh, struggling financially. They're in jobs that they don't really like. They're in relationships that aren't satisfying to them. Uh, and all of this is a result of, of poor decisions. Um, and, you know, as I, I get towards the end of my professional career as a, as a CEO and consultant and having advised business people, and I began to think, wouldn't it be great to help masses of people improve their lives by making better decisions? And, and that's the mission we're on at Decide Better through this book and subsequent books coming out, help people make better decisions. Wouldn't it be great, you know, if I can really help thousands or tens of thousands of people make better decisions? Uh, you know, it would be really great if you could help, like, Benny and me right now today make better decisions. I mean, yeah, and beyond that, tens and thousands of uh, of people. What are the consequences of not making a great decision? The consequences can be quite profound. Uh, you know, we, we all make a lot of little decisions, yeah. and, you know, they're trivial, but there are major decisions in life that people need to focus on. Um, and the consequences are, are, you know, bad health, there are bad relationships, there are economic and some people just consistently make bad choices. Um, and, and I think you can help people with that because people can learn how to make better decisions. Uh, people can work harder at making better decisions. And that's the theme in the book is to you know, take different scenarios and lessons and, and help people apply them. So where do we start with this? I mean, you know, where is the beginning at this? Let's take a short break. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we come back, what's the most important place that we need to begin to make those phenomenal decisions? How do we know we're at that place? And by the way, you know, is it all cognitive? I can't wait to ask Michael all of these. My very special guest today, Michael McGrath, joining us here today. Decide Better is the name of the book. We've got a couple of copies of this to give away. When we return, I'll give you that toll-free number. And we'd like to help all of you make better decisions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The third annual Alive Expo is back in Seattle, Saturday and Sunday, November 8th and 9th. It's at the Linwood Convention Center. Enjoy health lectures, fitness demos, sample natural and organic products, get a free massage, and receive tons of free product samples. Admission is just $10 and parking is free. Go green at Alive Expo, November 8th and 9th at the Linwood Convention Center. Half-price admission coupons available at thedrpatshow.com or visit aliveexpo.com. This is one event you won't want to miss. Publicity, anyone? Are you thirsty to learn how to help your business take flight with the power of do-it-yourself publicity? Register now for this October 17th workshop. You'll learn to invite local and national media attention to catapult your product, service, or idea to a higher level of fabulous. Publicity trainer Nancy Jutton and get booked on Oprah expert Susan Harrow will be your guides for a half day steeped in insider secrets, tea, and all the chocolate you crave. Register now at nancyandsusan.com. Are you starting a new business, signing a contract, or launching a new website or business product? Certified business and personal astrologer Madeline Gerwick uses good timing to give you the ideal time to start your new business venture. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com or call 877-524-8300. Attain higher business success and better return on resources with good timing. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com. 
Be the first to join your favorite Hay House authors on the next I Can Do It at Sea. Come aboard a luxurious cruise ship and meet Greg Braden, Brian Weiss, Sonia Choquette, and many more. The seven-night cruise to Alaska on July 11th through 18th, 2009 includes soul-nourishing workshops, spiritual cinema movies in your cabin, autograph sessions, and amazing ports of call. This is a vacation you'll never forget. Cabins are limited. Reserve today. Hayhouse.com. Yeah. Mm. Hey, yo, man. Ain't nothing like a nice bowl of cornflakes in the morning to smooth you out. Milky. Cereal. Baby. Milky. Cereal. Milky. Yes, indeed. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Hey, you know, I'll tell you, that's Benny picking the songs. He's doing the pick. You have your uh, bowl of Wheaties this morning? I'm telling you, we're doing it. Well, you know, Michael McGrath joining us here today. The book is Decide Better. I want to let everybody know we've got a couple of copies of the book to give out today. So for those of you that, that are pondering something, how do I make this decision? Wouldn't you like to have somebody like Michael help you throw it? I know I would. We want to give you an opportunity to call our toll-free number, which is 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And uh, we'll take the first two questions that come on the air. Uh, and we'll give you copies of the book. And so let's talk about these destructive behaviors. And let, you, know, let, you know, before the break, Michael, we were talking about where do we start? And, you know, most of the time, I don't know about you, probably not him, but probably Benny and me, though. Uh, we start at this place. We're in panic, probably because we've waited too long to make a decision. And now we're trying to figure out the right decision to make. And chances are we're not going to make it. So help us out, Michael. <laughs> uh, sometimes people uh, uh, suffer from indecision or they, they procrastinate and don't even think about the decision. But all too many people are indecisive and they, they try to get more and more information before they make a decision. They try to make the perfect decision uh, and they have that characteristic and often then it's too late. Then they have to rush to make, make a decision without even you know, spending the right time uh, deliberating on it. Uh, the, the opposite of that, the opposite destructive behavior, people who make uh, rash decisions. They just you know, all of a sudden make a, a decision that they hadn't really thought through or a reckless decision. Uh, one of the things that I've been fascinated by are people that tend to be conservative in their decision-making and then all of a sudden make a reckless decision. Uh, oh. Just last week I was talking with somebody who's he's retired. He's been a very conservative investor, um, you know, puts his money in safe investments. Uh, and I asked him how he was doing. He said, not good. I decided to, um, you know, buy 100,000 shares of uh, Lehman Brothers on Monday <laughs> because I thought the government would bail them out. And I sold it for four dollars less on Friday, five days later, um, and lost four hundred thousand dollars. And it was just a reckless decision. You know, somebody mm-hmm. isn't very concerned. He said, "I had a hunch," you know. And and you know, people make decisions like that on hunches, and you know, sometimes they're good, but most of the time they're not. Uh, so that's another uh, you know destructive behavior people have when they make decisions. So, um, one of my favorites that I, I, I talk about a lot is what I call frog in boiling water. I don't know if you know the old story. I do. I've been there. <laughs> have you used it? Have you done it? <laughs> uh, I want to hear you do it in terms of decision making. Yeah, you know, if you throw the old adage is if you throw a frog in boiling water, he'll jump right out. But if you put a frog in lukewarm water and then bring it slowly to a boil, he'll stay there until he dies. And it sounds kind of weird, but uh, that's the way so many people approach decisions. You know, they 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 don't really. 
a, a bad career that's going nowhere, and year after year they just say it's going nowhere, but they don't decide to change. Or they're in a bad relationship that continually deteriorates like the boiling water, uh, and they don't do anything about changing that until it's too late because they're boiled. Uh, people do that with health decisions. They, they have deteriorating health. Uh, they may smoke, for example, and say, I'm, someday I'm going to stop, but year after year they don't. Uh, that carries on for all too long, and, and too many big decisions people make. They just don't make the decision. They never think about making the decision until it's too late. Why? I, I, and, I, I, you know, I, I want to know why. And I think, I think you talked about something. And, you know, when we were talking about the Obama-McCain, you know, why aren't they going to be in, in for the vote? You brought up a very interesting perspective, and I think in the back of my mind I had that there, Michael. You know, I was thinking, yeah, these two guys are afraid they're going to make a mistake. Um, but is it always about being afraid of making a mistake, or are there other factors? I mean, we're talking today about the destructive behaviors, and, you know, how do these all tie together? I think with the, with the um, frog in boiling water, it's that people never really get around to making a decision. It's not that they procrastinate so much is they just never realize that they need to make a decision. They, they just kind of let time go by. Um, and, and a lot of these, I think the underlying common element I find is people just don't think enough about decisions. They don't work on decisions. They don't frame their life in terms of the decisions they make. They don't anticipate the consequences of their decisions. Um, and as a result, they, they end up making poor decisions. It, it, kids aren't taught decision-making when they're in school, and you don't learn it in college. And you learn it through life, through mistakes. Um, and what I'm saying is, gee, wouldn't it be good if you could learn it through other people's mistakes and not have to make all of them yourself and just become a better decision maker? You know, when we look at this, um, I, and, and there are a couple things that I, I, I want to absolutely make sure we talk about today. Um, you know, first and foremost is this idea of looking at our lives knowing that there are decisions we have to make and not making a decision. And, and I want to ask you because, you, you know, I, I think many of us along the way um, have had this idea that if you don't make a decision, you're kind of safe. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. And but, but, you know, Michael, honestly, aren't there consequences of no decisions? Frequently, when you don't make a decision, that is a decision. Uh -huh. Either somebody else makes the decision for you, uh, or you know you get a default decision that that you know results from inaction. Uh, and so, no decision is is a decision. And people only realize that I think by hindsight when they they think back to a mistake they make. And you know, I talk to a lot of people when I give seminars and speeches, and you know, I ask them what what was the, the worst decision you made in your life, and probably in half of those cases people come back and say it was, you know, that I, I just didn't make a decision when I should have made one. Yeah, but they, would be, they realize only that, that only in hindsight. Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, what I try to do is to encourage people to set deadlines for decisions. You know, and, you know the things like uh, New Year's Eve resolutions and New Year's Eve deadlines are, you know, are good. You know, there are things, you know, on your birthday, you know, set the target for making certain decisions or decide on a relationship you're going to work on it for three months, and if not, you're going to make a decision one way or another. Uh, decide on your career that mm -hmm. you know, by July 1st, you're going to make a decision on whether to stay in the same job or not. Uh, so set some deadlines for yourself, and, and then even if they're artificial deadlines, just work to those to make a decision. Without deadlines, then you know, just kind of days go by, weeks go by, years go by, and people don't make a decision. That's, that's probably the saddest. Th that's it. Um, 
That's it. I, I totally get that. You know, it's really funny because it's funny you say that. And we're going to talk about some of these destructive behaviors as well. But I just had the aha that you just mentioned. Uh, it was the it was about a month ago, I would say. And, you know, I turned around and, and I and I kept I was talking to Linda, of course, my best friend on the East Coast. And I was saying to her, you know, I was talking about, well, you know, I'm going to write my book and, you know, this is when I'm going to do it. She said, do you know that eight months have passed since you started to talk about this in exactly the same way? And I thought, no, can't be. She says, yeah. She said, you know, and I said, how do you know that? She said, I'm a Virgo. I wrote it down. <laughs> Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Michael about the, t- the top 10 destructive behaviors and decisions. How do you know you're making them? What are you doing? And for those of you that would like a copy of his book, give us a shout. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And by the way, if you go to the website, decidebetter.com, decidebetter.com, you can download Download the discussion guide and much more. Buy the book and find out all about Michael. And when we come back, I also want to ask him, is this the time to sell our stock? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion, Saturday 10 to 7 and Sunday 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information shop beautiful crystals purchase quality nutritional supplements have your future revealed and much more from ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world this seattle body mind and spirit expo will educate and entertain dr pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m on saturday come enjoy the seattle body mind and spirit expo october 11th and 12th visit bmse.net Music, the stuff of creation. What a powerful tool for healing, inspiring, and connecting us to source. And to each other. We'll talk about it. We'll play it. We'll have a lively discussion with guests who are doing it. So join us Monday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Saturday mornings at 11. Tune in to Living Music Radio on KKNW 1150 AM or livingmusicradio.com. New Spirit Journal helps readers create abundance in all areas of their lives. Their articles don't just talk about theories that sound nice. They give you practical information you can use to turn those theories into practice. Available at over 500 locations in Washington and Idaho. New Spirit Journal is more than just a newspaper. It's your guide to the life you want to live. New Spirit Journal can also be read online at NewSpiritJournal.com. Dr. Pat's giving away an iPod to a lucky listener every month. Yep, every month. All you have to do is go to thedrpatshow.com. That's thedrpatshow.com. Then sign up for our weekly newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, not only will you be entered to win the iPod, you'll also be kept up to date on all the awesome things that we're doing here at the Dr. Pat Show. So remember, go to thedrpatshow.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can't afford to miss out on this. 
Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Don't touch that dial. You might miss something life-changing. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Indeed, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. You know, I, I am so thrilled that Michael is joining us here today for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't know about you, but I have on my plate on any given day at least two to three significant decisions to make. And Michael, you know, you talked about the fact that, you know, we have decisions that we make every day. What are we going to have for breakfast? What are we going to have for lunch? You know what I mean? We have those things that we, what are we going to wear today, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are these other decisions and they have to do with our livelihood. They have to do with having impact that is beyond sort of the moment, the day, so to speak. Uh, you know, for example, you know, being an independent radio host, I have to decide on a regular basis what markets am I going to be in? what my budget is to be in them, what can I project in terms of sponsors so that I can be in them, and and make decisions on a regular basis about that. But wouldn't it be great to understand the top 10 destructive behaviors in decisions so that I don't, I don't do them? <laughs> <laughs> Benny doesn't do them. I didn't yeah. even know that existed. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's there's a number of destructive behaviors, and we we summarize the top ten to try to you know uh, consolidate it and mm-hmm. talk about a couple. Of, we, we've talked about a couple of them already. Yep. Um, uh, another one that's uh, interesting is one that's uh, running with lemmings, and lemmings are rodents that tend to follow each other. And you know the old story is they follow each other into the ocean and drown or off a cliff. And uh, people tend to do the same thing sometimes. They they follow others and make decisions the way others are making them. And, you know, to some extent, we've had that in the last decade in the financial side that's causing the problems today. People, you know, borrowed money on credit cards because everybody else was doing it to buy things that they wanted. And they got second mortgages on their house or, or, or overextended themselves on a mortgage because everybody was doing it. And, you know, now they're paying some of the repercussions of that and uh, having to cut back to, to try to pay the bills. Uh, but you know, just because everybody else is making a decision, uh, that doesn't mean that you should just follow everybody. But that kind of destructive behavior can, can in the aggregate, be, be a real problem for, for even society. That's part of the reason we're dealing with the problems we are today in the financial market. Uh, so. You know, it, it really is. I mean, let's talk about the, pris- uh, the prisoner's dilemma. And and I think that, you know, folks may or may not have heard this, but some of the decision making, um, uh, let me call them case studies or examples. I mean, many of us that have gone to school, uh, you know, graduate schools and studied some of these, you study them from a textbook, but then you don't really figure out that, oh, by the way, I'm like knee deep in the middle of this. 
and so let's talk about some of these in a minute because I think they're important. And then, and then I want to ask you, what do we do to get out of the mess? The prisoner's dilemma is one that's interesting. And, um, you know, going back to the earlier topic we had and talking about the two presidential candidates, mm-hmm. it may actually apply to their decision on, on not voting uh, because that's something that, you know, they're, they're probably in that position that one of them votes and the other one doesn't and the one that doesn't can criticize the one that did for the way he voted. So it's probably like the prisoner's dilemma where the the outcome that both of them are going to do is they're going to choose not to vote because if they did what was right and voted, then they would be uh, the one that would be vulnerable. So the prisoner's dilemma is one where people make decisions, you know, particularly in pairs, like, like that example, uh, that are suboptimal decisions or not good decisions because they're worried about how the other person makes the decision. Uh, same thing can happen in, in relationships, too, where people can make a decision to do something based on, you know, what they think the other person is going to do. Uh, and sometimes that can be bad. Uh, the Prisoner's Dilemma is, a, is an interesting chapter. It takes something that a lot of people learned about in school and, and, uh, and applies it to some real-life situations. Uh, the, uh, another uh, destructive behavior people have is buyer's remorse, where you regret your decision, yeah. particularly a purchase decision. Yeah. Um, and I really divide that into two categories. And I say, you know, if if you regret your decision and you can get out of it, then, you know, look at it again. Maybe you should get out of it. Um, but if you, if you make a decision you can't get out of it, you just bought a car, you drive it away, you freak it home, and you find out that, you know, you didn't have the features on it that were available and you, you wish you got something else or you paid too much for it, you know, don't let it bother you. Maybe you maybe didn't make the optimal decision. People generally don't. Uh, you know, enjoy what you have and live with it. But if you if you make a decision and you regret it and you can get out of it, then then maybe you should. My uh, my son recently bought his first house, and that's right at the closing. There was some things that came up about the house that he didn't know, and then they learned more. Um, and so they regretted the decision to buy the house, but they were able to to work their way out of it, and then went on and bought a a much nicer house in a better location for not much more money, and were much happier with that decision. So they were able to regret their decision but then get out of it. And sometimes you can do that. Uh, but, but generally, there are, if you make a decision, just be happy with it. Don't, don't regret it over and over again. And too many people do that. And they don't enjoy life sometimes because they, they have buyer's remorse too much. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and I think we've all been there. Whether it was about something, whether it was something like a home or a car or, you know, a piece of clothing or something we've bought. You know, it's kind of like you, you try to do the best that you can in the moment. And the question is, how do we go about making better decisions? I mean, you know, what are some of the key things we should know uh, and maybe even practice, Michael, about making good decisions? The um, uh, One of the things that uh, I talk about a little bit is uh, people don't sometimes, sometimes don't understand the numbers when they make a decision, let's say they, they buy, our, buy a new car or a truck and they don't really understand, you know, the mileage and what that's going to cost them. Or maybe a more relevant example is people get a, a second mortgage and they get a variable rate and they don't really understand what it's going to cost them a year or two or three later when it, when it escalates. Uh, so people don't sometimes just run the basic numbers of, of what something is going to cost. And, you know, major decisions in particular are, are worth some time and effort. That's one of the themes in the book. If you make a major decision, then you should spend hours and hours on that decision, working on it to make better decisions. Don't just kind of guess. And, you know, unfortunately, too many people, you know, people will spend as much time on a major career decision or business decision as they spend on picking up.
use. And you, know, you really should spend more time on the more important decisions. Sounds obvious. People don't do it all the time. Well, you know, I, and I've got to ask you, uh, is there room in here for intuition? There is. Intuition is a, is a fascinating topic. Um, I, I, I tend to make very intuitive decisions, and uh, I've learned over the years that I do it in some areas better than others. For example, uh, I, can, I can make a great intuitive decision on hiring somebody, and I can make that in the first five or ten minutes I meet the person. You know, I just know. I scan their resume, I look at the person, and I talk to them, and I, I can tell. And I'm probably 99.9% of the time I'm correct. I also tend to make intuitive decisions on investment. And boy, are those bad decisions. You know, I don't have, I don't have anything backing up my intuition. It's really just a guess. It feels the same in that you're making a decision that you feel comfortable with, but you don't really know why because you're really processing a lot of experience and information. But in some cases, you really don't have that right experience and judgment, and it still feels the same. So I've learned over the years that when it comes to my intuition on investments, you know, forget it. You know, if I think, well, this is a good deal, this is going to happen, and this is going to be a good investment, I'm wrong most of the time. You know, so intuition is, is hard to distinguish from kind of guess, guessing on something. Um, and so I, I encourage people with intuition to calibrate it and, and understand where it, where it works and where it doesn't. Uh, one caution, though, if you, if you make a decision logically and rationally, but your intuition tells you it's the wrong decision, then, then pause and, and look at it again, because sometimes your intuition could be right. Well, yeah, yeah, and you know, let's talk about this for a minute because I think all of us, I, or many of us, probably have heard of the show Deal or No Deal. Right. Right. I mean, how the heck does a show like that come out of nowhere and get to the top rating in record time? Is it the sizzle around the show, or is it the idea? of being on the edge of decision-making time after time after time again. It's exciting. I actually have a chapter in the book on, uh, yeah. on Deal and No Deal because I, I was always fascinated by that show because you really have to make a lot of decisions, and, and it, you, you really have no basis to know which number to pick, which briefcase to pick. And there's, there's no facts or any evidence no. to, to back that up. But, no. Um, so it's fascinating from that regard. The other thing that, that I find fascinating is that Mathematically, there's an expected value, and you, you can always calculate, even quickly, mentally, what the expected value is of the remaining briefcases that are there and your, your likelihood to take the, the banker's offer or not. And uh, it's interesting because the, almost all cases of the show, the banker offers you less than the expected value of the remaining briefcases, you know, if you look at the probabilities, uh, and people take it. Uh, you know, now they take it for various reasons because for a lot of people it's just a lot of money, and even if they get less, they're okay. But um, but it's always less than the mathematical expected value. And I'm always watching with my daughter saying, "Look at this. The expected value is $150,000 with the four remaining briefcases, and they're offering 75, and they take it. Why are they doing that?" <laughs> <laughs> so that comes that gets into probabilities on some some things that I think people need to consider in cases like that. If you're ever on the show, that's something I recommend. Well, and you know, the other thing is that uh, I remember there was a show, I don't watch that that often, but I remember there was a show where Donald Trump was in the audience. And for some reason, he was there as an expert trying to help people in terms of what they do and what they don't do. And, you know, here is a guy that on the surface looks like he makes exquisite decisions in terms of his business. I'm not talking about who he is personally or, you know, what, you know, what his value
value systems are about. But for each of us, there's this notion of whether or not we make a decision, we stick to it, or we fold them. I mean, there's this song, you got to know when to hold them, you got to know when to fold them. When we right. come back, we'll be talking with Michael. DecideBetter.com is the website. Decide better for a better life. So important. It's important when things are going really well, and it's important it, when times are not going really well. When we come back, we'll be talking about this idea. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. And what if, in fact, you change your mind? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Paul McCormick, and you've probably heard me talk on the Dr. Pat Show about how to be wealthy and to be happy all at the same time. Well, guess what? I just wrote a new book called Secrets of the Millionaire Inside, and I want you to have this book so much that here's what I'm doing. During the months of September and October, I'm offering a special promotion on my website where if you go to the stores and buy the book, then I'll give you absolutely free six CDs full of information. Check out my website, formulaformillionaires.com. Spiritual empowerment coach and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe to live fuller and more conscious lives. Get your free on-air readings on Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis right here on Alternative Talk 1150 every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Make your appointment every Wednesday at 3. Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And for more information, check out our website at robinalexis.com. Is Egypt calling you? Join Dr. Friedemann Schaub, Danielle Rama Hoffman, and world-renowned harpist Peter Sterling for a sacred sound journey to Egypt, February 2009. Picture yourself meditating to magical harp music inside the Great Pyramid, luxuriating on a Nile cruise, and exploring sacred temples in private visits for travel that expands your consciousness and opens your heart. Call 866-903-6463 or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. Are you suffering from chronic pain and fatigue? Are you tired of taking medications? There are solutions that are completely natural and effective. The key is to identify the root of the problem and allow your body, mind, and spirit to do the healing. At Holistique Medical Center, Dr. Darvish and her staff do just that. Treat you as an individual. Find the root cause of your symptoms and stimulate your innate healing. Call Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or visit drdarvish.com. That's drdarvish.com. Did you know that nearly 60,000 dogs and cats are euthanized every year in western Washington? Posado's Safe Haven Space Station, a state-of-the-art mobile vet clinic, travels to the areas that need help the most. Posado's is reducing the number of unwanted animals by making spaying and neutering easy, safe, and inexpensive. To check the space station schedule or to read more, please visit posadosafehaven.org. That's P-A-S-A-D-O safehaven.org. Small business use an ultimate marketing makeover? Come to the third annual Business Matchmaking Expo, September 26 and 27, featuring nationally recognized inspirational speakers. You might win $20,000 in goods, products, or services. Register at womeninsmallbiz.com or call 206-349-4297. The Business Matchmaking Expo will take you from believing in your dreams to achieving success. Visit the premier online store 
store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. 1150kknw.com. It's why they invented the internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I made my life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. There so we go. you don't mind say, Get ready for the chorus. See you're out of aces for a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. So I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette and asked me for a light. I got deathly quiet His face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You all got right. to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away Know when to yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I got to tell you that in my lifetime, I think I hold on to a few things way too long. <laughs> That's because I didn't have the book by Michael McGrath, Decide Better. And I definitely didn't have a website that I could go to like the one he has, DecideBetter.com, where you can download some really cool things and, you know, get some assistance on how to make better decisions, not just one or two times, but for your life. Uh, you know, Michael, thank you so much for joining us here today. First of all, let me tell you about the book. I really love the book. You did not, you have left no stone unturned here. Thank you. Uh, you know, every, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but there are a couple things that I think are really important uh, for us to, to cover as we, we wrap this up. You know, folks right now, uh, they're probably going to be making some of the most significant decisions of their lives. Um, and I say that because for for some folks they feel like they don't have as many choices as they had a year ago let's say and and i know that the timing of this book coming out is just absolutely brilliant you've been on a number of financial shows you've been talking with people about decisions and decision making and i would love for you to help us as we sit here in this moment you know and think about do we buy that new house do we not buy it do we buy the car how do we go about making the, these decisions? Is there a tool that we can use to sort of get us started so that we can step beyond the fear, so to speak, and get a little bit more objective? Right now, people have to make better decisions. It's, it's a scary time right now, and probably more now than ever, it's important to make, make better decisions. And, uh, so I recommend people really think hard about the decisions they make, work on them a little bit more than they they probably did before. And one technique that always works on major decisions is to just write down the 
pros and cons of, of that decision. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you why. It goes back to Ben Franklin, who wrote a letter to his friend Joseph Priestley, and, and who was asking for advice on a decision. He said, I can't tell you what to decide, but I can tell you how to decide. And, and he came up with the pros and cons list. And the point he made that really rang with me was that uh, people go back and forth sometimes on a decision, and you think about it, and yeah, I think I'll do this, and you know, think about it again, and I'll do the other, and you go back and forth between two alternatives in your mind. And the, the reason is that your mind can't hold all of the factors at once. And so when you're thinking about the pros of a particular alternative, you you wait, you go that way and begin to sway that way. If you're thinking about the cons, you sway the other way. And so the, the, the technique is simply write it down on paper. You know, draw a list you know, of pros and cons for each of the alternatives and, and write them down, put it aside, pick it up a day later or look at it again, and you'll probably add a couple more pros and cons to it and, you know, then begin to, to work on it. You can look at them all at once on a piece of paper, and you can't do it in your mind at once. Your mind just doesn't hold all the factors. And that's how people sometimes make bad decisions. It's not that they didn't think about a pro or a con, but at the time they made the decision, that was not in their mind. And as you put it on paper, it works a lot better. So that's probably the, the biggest advice I have for people when making a decision on things like buying a house or other kinds of major decisions today. You know, we, we're we're kind of in some really interesting times, Michael. I know that you're probably busier than all get out, um, working with organizations, working with individuals, being on radio shows. And, and, and I want to ask you, I mean, you've probably seen it all. Uh, good times, not so good times. How would you describe... The, the the first of all the climate that we're in right now how would you describe the decision making that is happening right now uh in our country and the the question is kind of on two levels one decision making from a a government point of view decision making from an individual point of view decision making from a financial point of view is it possible to even describe sort of the state that you know we're in it's difficult. We, we, we are in, a, uh, I think, a pretty scary and unstable state right now, and, and it could prove to be one of the most difficult times for this country, um, you know, compared to 9-11, compared to Pearl Harbor, compared to the Great Depression. Uh, the, the financial impact is, is pretty severe, um, and, you know, there are some people that a lot of people don't see that yet, and it will be filtered down in job losses and, and problems in the economy. You know, it's being seen on Wall Street uh, very abruptly and painfully, you know, today, and uh, we have to make some changes there. But the, the, the decisions in this country, uh, my personal opinion, uh, without any, any political bias, is that the leadership of this country has not made the long-term policy decisions that we've needed to make in the last 20 years, and now we're paying the price for it. And it's been a lack of the, the decision-making that, you know, our government leaders should have been making in the last 20 years to avoid the, the, you know, in, in a way, you know, the United States is like a frog in boiling water. We're not making the decision mm-hmm. on energy independence or on, uh, on foreign trade, on currency, on borrowing, on debts, on taxes. We're just making popular decisions. That's the way to do it. You know, we want to get reelected. So mm-hmm. we're not making the hard, hard decisions. And, uh, and I think that's causing the country to go downhill. Well, 
yeah, and you know, and we this this conversation, of course, you know, we could point to the issue of sustainability. I mean, we we have not seen you know decision making be being done about sustainability, greening the earth, bluing the earth um, until it did get popular. I mean, you know, think about it. We've known that things were happening for quite some time, but then there you go. You got Al Gore popping out there, Al Gore popping out there, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, he is now the popular uh the popular folks uh folk out there taking a message out that also then becomes even more popular i mean do do things have to be what happened to the people that were making decisions that weren't popular but creating change those are those are long gone it's been a couple of generations since that's happened i think um in this country uh i just got back from two weeks in china and it's scary there because they're making big decisions and moving quickly um and you know, we're so far ahead of them in some areas now, it's pretty scary because they can make big decisions fast, don't have politics there the way we have it here. So, you know, they're much more advanced, and, and that's where we're getting all of our money from today is from China. Because mm. we gave it all to them when we bought all the cheap goods from China over the last 20 years. So, it, it, you know, they're, they're getting much more economically advanced than we are. And that's scary because, you know, they're, they're making decisions faster. And we're making political decisions and not, you know, national best interest decisions, in, in, in my opinion. Well, you know, uh, thank you, Michael. I, I know you're going to be, first of all, you're a very, very busy person right out of the gate. And, you know, and as we kind of go three, 360 here, full circle on it, you're going to continue to be busy. What would you leave? What would be your personal message for the folks listening to the show today? My message is, you know, again, the, message, the mission of Decide Better. And that you can make your better decisions in your life, and that'll cause you to have a better life. So. Work on your decisions, study decisions, learn how to make better decisions, you know, learn the techniques, and um, improve your life. And today, probably more than ever, people need to make better decisions. So I encourage them to start with our website, the book, and really work on decisions. And don't forget, if you go to the website, decidebetter.com, there is a workbook you could download, like right now. Michael McGrath, thank you so much for joining us here today. The book is loaded with great information, great tools, great ideas for how each and every one of us can make the decisions for a better life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Brian McClure coming up. And Yvonne Oswald, words that have power. We'll be right back. It's time. 